Hello loves, just a quick announcement before we dive into today's episode that my seven-week online intuitive tarot immersion for soul-guided spirit-led service called Heart of Service is coming back. It opens for enrollment in a little while from now on September 20th and will run from October 8th to November 19th. Heart of Service is one of my favorite things that I've ever done and I'm so excited to be doing it again. It's in a more expanded form. There's more live calls. The syllabus has been slightly refined in some areas. In some areas it's the same. It's just a delicious course and I'm so, again, excited to be offering it and it's likely the last live guided course that I'll do in at least a year. I probably won't offer anything live or guided until the fall of 2022 because of maternity leave. And so if you've been wanting to work with me and if you've been called to a course like this, a really holistic, spiralic, inclusive way of engaging with our business, our service, our creativity, it's definitely for you. So enrollment's not coming up for a bit, but I wanted to let everyone know that Heart of Service was happening because our full at-need scholarship applications for Heart of Service open on Monday, September 6th, so this coming Monday, and they're going to close Friday, September 10th. So if you're interested, if you are wanting to apply for a scholarship, if you need a scholarship in order to participate, we want to, where we can, make it possible for you to be a part of the course. And so to learn more about Heart of Service, to learn more about what we look for and who we prioritize when it comes to our scholarships, you can head to the link in the show notes to look at the course description, look at everything once that scholarship link goes live on Monday. It'll be front and center on the course page. You can also head to the brand new fully rebranded lindsaymack.com where Heart of Service will be living. I now have two websites and <laughs> we'll get used to that in time, but Heart of Service lives on lindsaymack.com so you can check it out there too. Anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging in there. Really excited to read your beautiful applications and to dive into this course with whoever feels called to it. Thanks, loves. Welcome to Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly podcast that explores the tarot through an inclusive, soul-centered, trauma-informed perspective for growth, healing, and evolution. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack. Hello loves and welcome to a new month, a new episode. Welcome to our new format for the podcast. This is our first official quote-unquote episode back from my hiatus and I could not be more delighted and excited to dive into all of the medicine and all of the magic that we're going to get to today, but just so delighted to be back in this space with all of you. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. So today we're going to be talking about our card for the month ahead. For those of you who signed up to receive my sort of brand new offering, my written channeled monthly medicine missives, you got a full download with a full reading 
about kind of all the cards for the month ahead, the theme for the month ahead. And if you want to receive that for October, you can sign up at the link in the show notes. And if not, that's totally fine too. (laughs) But we're still going to weave in a bit of our monthly medicine magic onto these podcast episodes, even though we're not doing a full-hearted old monthly medicine style, because we're going to be diving into the heart of what I think the monthly medicines were all about, which is really the card for the month ahead. And for the next couple of weeks, with every episode that we do for the month of September, we're going to be expanding on the theme that we're covering. We're going to be expanding on ways to work with this card, ways to work with this theme so that we can deepen our understanding of it. And so we don't cover the theme in week one and then completely move away from it and never really dive back into it. So I'm really excited to sink into our card for the month ahead, which is 10 of wands. And more specifically, the title of this episode is initiating a new cycle with 10 of wands. And no doubt, you know, any time we're engaging with any 10 in the tarot, we're talking about a new cycle beginning and an old one falling back. There's always a death and a birth happening at exactly the same time. And that really is the signature of this month ahead. Really the theme, if we could condense it into one word for this month ahead is shift. Shifting has a quality to it that's something like Shifting is really when we take the internal work that we've done and move it, pivot it into something external, which is very exciting. My teacher, Michelle, really has spoken about this with me for many years, and it makes a lot of sense to me that we often have, and I've certainly talked about it here before, that we often have the perception, and it's completely understandable that we would that we're supposed to kind of work from the outside in, that when we have the external thing, we'll change internally. And that, I'm I'm certainly willing to consider that sometimes that's the case for some folks, but (laughs) I would probably go a little further and say, there's got to be some kind of internal willingness to accept the external thing. Otherwise, we're going to consciously or unconsciously reject it. And sometimes we do the work at the same time, but Most often, when we are really pivoting, really shifting into some kind of external change, we have been doing the work internally for years. We just might not have known it. We might not have given ourselves the full credit for that. And I think that's pretty standard for most of us. You know, we we really don't. And so... September is really about us initiating a new cycle that is born out of some kind of big willingness to shift. It may be that the quote external shift is wholly internal in nature, but it elicits a lot of changes in relationship and the dynamic of our collaborations. I I often find that's very true for me. Even when something external is happening, it's such a wholly internal experience as well. How do we move from the internal to the external? We're going to have the opportunity to play with that this month 
and to really see what it is to be in a mirrored relationship with nature. You know, September is often a very hot month. We're not really seeing too many um, pieces of evidence of, of autumn coming, you know, as it pertains to, at least in the Northern Hemisphere, we're not, we're not seeing that yet. That's also true for March. Really, our equinox months are about initiating the start of a huge shift, one that we don't always see the full measure of until we're more deeply into the season. And that's very much kind of what we're doing, what the pool that we're playing in this month and the the card that is really showing up as our full hearted anchor for that work is 10 of wands. So 10 of wands encompasses a large amount of holy, sacred, beautiful soul, human life work <laughs> and invitations. It, it, has to do with so many different things. You know, it has to do again with the with the beginning and the end of cycles when we shift into something new because of the nature of death and birth happening at the same time we're we're leaving something behind. It doesn't mean that we have to grieve it. It could be something that we actually celebrate. But it does mean that we're honoring that some part of us is not moving forward with us. So how do we ritualize that? You know, how do we honor that. Ten of Wands also has to do with it lives in the realm of review, of reflection, of really kind of putting all 10 of those very heavy wands down and looking at them very closely. It's a crucial moment. Ten of Wands is such an important anchor for all of us, but especially if we are delegating, juggling a million different things. If we own our own businesses, if we're parents and working and which so many are, if we've got a lot of stuff going on <laughs> and if we're managing a team, if like, if it, and even if we're not, if we're holding a lot, 10 of wands is a very, very important anchor because it doesn't necessarily force a hand, but it does provide the opportunity and the context in our lives to stop and to say, okay, I have 10 very robust, very heavy wands here. And that's not necessarily a problem, but it is on me. It is important for me to put them all down every now and again and really remind myself, I picked up this one wand when I was 16 years old. Now I'm in my thirties does it actually make sense for me to be continuing to carry it? Might someone else carry it better than me? Is there an exchange that actually works better? Would I rather spend the money to have someone else caretake this wand and have the time? Or would I rather, you know, offer up my time and keep, you know, whatever exchange I might be giving for the service of somebody to help me with this one? Right? Some of the wands that we carry are ancestral. They're passed down to us. We don't even realize the weight, the energy that it takes to hold them until we put them all down and go, holy shit, I've been holding this piece of responsibility or grief or guilt or fear, and I'm not available to do it. I can't do it. I don't have anything else to give. I have too many other ones that are too important to me. There are also ones that 
are precious. <laughs> Again, we want to hold them 24-7, but it might be that we're in the middle of that wand or we're at one of the ends of the wand and we've got maybe one or two people helping us to carry them. The wand is still ours, but we can say yes to more support in the daily or weekly or monthly or yearly carrying of them. I've spoken to this before in general and on this podcast that 10 energy in the tarot is very much like full moon energy. There's an there's an essence of, of completion, of cycling, of waxing as far as we're meant to go in one particular cycle. And there's a sense, you know, in full moon energy of death and rebirth. We harvest at the full moon energy. We're giving birth to something. And in harvesting, in birthing, we're releasing the relationship that we had to what we did when we had it, right? When we give birth, the relationship that we're having to what we, like if I do a course, for example, and I like to use that language for myself of, of kind of birthing a course, but of course for you, you're welcome to use any language that you might like that might feel more resonant, more aligned for you. But the point is that regardless of the language that we use, when I birth a course and open it to my students, my relationship with that course is changing. It doesn't mean that it's somehow different or tainted or more diminished. Often it's the opposite, but there's a difference between being in the sort of liminal world with a course in the work of it and in the sharing of it, right? Because we've reached a kind of a a finish and now it's time for that course to take on a different relationship with the world and with us. And that's really the nature of how we engage with things all the time. So there is this amazing harvest energy. And on every full moon, we get to sort of spread out what we've harvested and really look at like, what will we keep? What will we put on the compost pile, et cetera? And that's what we really get to do with 10 of wands. So as a, just a refresher, the wands, they're ruled by fire. The wands have to do with what lights us up in any sense of that word. It has to do with the inner flame that we're all powered by. And all of us have different kinds of flames and different relationships to the element of fire. Some of us may have candles that burn really sweet, really strong, really steadily, but are not sort of by nature burning at a rate that big bonfires would. They're candle people. Some people are like all bonfire. <laughs> and to ask them to be sort of on the flow of a candle would be really hard for them or different for them. There's absolutely no problem and no judgment. We also are all different, right? So there are times when we are these beautiful bonfires and times where we may be candles. And there are times when because we're spiralic beings, where we're sick or where we are feeling more or less immunocompromised or we're moving through a trauma or moving through an experience of, of grief or of pain. And part of our job is to honor that that flame is going to change based on what we're working with. So the wands, even though the pentacles are ruled by earth, they are connected to the body. So are the wands, but in sort of a different way. They have to do with our adrenals, our energetic capacity, and they have to do with what lights us up, 
with what brings us joy and what fills that container of joy, what actually helps us to move and to what we're powered by, right? And with the wands, what's very interesting is that even though the pentacles are so connected to the body and to earth, the pentacles really have to do with how do we utilize the body as a vessel to create what we want to create here on earth in a tangible way. The wands have to do with how can I bow to this body of mine as beloved, as sacred, holy friend, so that I'm moving with the body. I'm moving with my capacity. I'm moving with what I'm capable of today. And Ten of Wands is really the peak and the climax of that intentionality. Because in the Wands, and I used to teach it this way too, but the more time you really spend with the tarot with a total beginner's mind, which I feel like we ideally should all have, you know, with the tarot, because the more we grow, the more it's going to speak with us differently or communicate with us differently. But the more I started to understand, like, I used to think that this card was like about burnout. And when you got it, you were always burned out. You were always exhausted. Like it was almost like you should have gotten the note like (laughs) three cards back. And now in my experience, I'm not saying that's not true, that it can't be a really important indicator of like, hey, it's time to delegate, time to take a break. It can be, but it doesn't always have to be. Really, it marks the initiation of a new cycle and an important opportunity to review because our wands are what we cherish. The wands are what we hold. The wands are what we are responsible for. The wands are what we tend to. It's the fires that we're devoted to tending. And so any time we work with this energy, It is, again, an opportunity, you know, in most card images, this card is like somebody struggling to carry these 10 heavy ass wands by themselves. And the only balm, the only antidote is to put them down, pause and make a cup of tea or have a, have a water or have a, like whatever, and maybe bring some other people in to look at them. And review every single one of them and ask yourself, is this mine to hold? Is this mine to hold? I may feel like it is. I may feel like I should. My parents, my community may have told me this is yours to hold. Is it? Or is it someone else's to hold? Right? So that's really the rebirth that's possible in this. And in speaking to this idea of like, you know, what we're doing, what we're talking about is extraordinarily vulnerable, intimate, activating work. It's very activating to look at our 10 wands and think, I really need help. I want to keep carrying this wand, but I can't do it on my own. That means I have to maybe hire someone to help me with this. Oh my God, what does that look like? And why can't I do it on my own? Other people can do it on their own. And so it's a, it's a powerfully vulnerable, tender, oh, just such a human reminder not to compare ourselves 
just because one person might absolutely delight or be able to lift that wand like with one finger like it's nothing doesn't mean that because we want some help with that particular wand that there's anything wrong with us in fact quite the contrary our willingness to say yeah i i require two people to help me lift this one wand it's so important to me that i i continue to to carry this wand and I'm so honored to get to carry it with more than one person because I know that I don't need to do things on my own. That is a teaching for anyone who is lucky and honored enough to be somebody who is friends with us, who knows us. Those things have saved lives. People saying like, yeah, all of a sudden realized I, I did not need to carry this on my own. That's the medicine of Ten of Wands. And the same thing goes with putting something down and never picking it back up again. You know, there's strong energy around that. And not every wand is for us to hold, you know. And for some of us, it's actually important for us to pick up a wand or two. <laughs> like some folks have been carrying wands for the collective for hundreds of years that it's never been theirs to hold. And by them being brave enough to put it down, and by others of us being willing enough to acknowledge our work and our responsibility, it can be that all of a sudden we realize like, oh my gosh, this is mine to help pick up. You know, there are some wands collectively we're holding with millions of people. And there's a huge rebalancing that can happen when we engage with this energy. So we've got a couple of different things in the theme for this month that we're going to be exploring you know, we're exploring them now, certainly, but in our subsequent weeks for this month ahead. And and this is a lot of the time what comes up with cards like Ten of Wands and also in really big, really strong cycles where we're being asked to shift. One, we're asked to lay things down that are not ours to carry, which frees us up energetically, psychologically, spiritually, in ways that cannot be measured, and also will inevitably spark off very big feelings of guilt, of grief, of shame, of rage. Like, why the fuck have I been made to carry this? Why didn't I see it? Why didn't I know? Why did somebody make me feel like this was my responsibility when it doesn't have to be? Sometimes we can encounter somebody who's done some ten of wands work on that end like it's hard to be the one lobster that you know tries to get out of the pot there's a lot of people who are like who the fuck are you to get out of this pot and it can be really challenging to hold one's ground and say listen I understand like you want company in this and I'm not going to be your company like I'm not going to continue to hold this wand with you even though it might be a family legacy or like just quote what we do, I'm not going to do it anymore. That's a no for me. So those are really intense things. And it's important to be able to have processors and people who love us, who have maybe also done their work on this. Um, you know, that's important. Laying down things that are not ours to carry is a liberation that again, can't be quantified. It's so big. And if we've been waiting, wanting to shift in some way that feels more external than internal, we've felt stuck, we felt caught, 
it there's nothing more powerful than reviewing our wants and, and asking ourselves, like, what is keeping me tethered to this stretch of time potentially that doesn't have to be here anymore? So that's one really big piece of medicine that Ten of Wands is calling us into this month is laying down things that are not ours to carry and really being with that and being with what that brings up. The second piece is calling in support and making different choices. <laughs> like talk about bringing up big things. Like it's huge. You know, it's, it's, this is a review and we do 10 of ones is the function of this card. Like the, the, the thing on the top of 10 of wands is, wish list for us when it comes up is that we recenter and kind of reorient our relationship with the wands we carry so that we can work and live and create more sustainably. So it's not telling us, Hey, just don't carry anything. It's saying you may choose to keep carrying all 10 of these wands, but the way you're carrying them and who is helping you do it that is the thing that needs to change. And it's it's powerful to consider, especially in the Smith Rider Weight deck, that the person on the wand suit, it, it's a very strong take on the wands, that the ego is really ruling. It's an us versus them mentality. Like the only other people who are present in the wand suit for the main character in the suit are people that they're fighting with and people who are sort of celebrating their return or their victory from a fight. That's the, that's the story, right? In the five and the six of wands that is told in that deck. That's not, um, the fullest essence of what's possible in the wands, but that is what was captured right by the brilliant Pamela Coleman Smith. And there's something to be said for that, right? We, we all, are prone to that. We're all, we have egos. We have like parts of us that like are competitive and want to win. And like, that's okay for those things to be there, but there's, there's like a lot more beyond that, which is why we're exploring this in the way that we are currently. But calling in support is hard. It's hard to realize like, oh, I want, need, desire this level of support. And again, I talked about like, it's hard not to compare ourselves and think like, why don't other people want or need this kind of support? Or why doesn't anyone I know want or need this kind of support? And it's very wise for us not to compare ourselves in those situations, but to find people who can champion, celebrate us for the choices that we're making. And, you know, again, just like with laying ones down and having a lot come up, a lot of contraction can come up when we realize like, I want to make different choices with how I carry these. I want to get more creative. I want to lay these things down. I want to pick these things up in a different way. And I want more support to help me carry the ones that I'm carrying. It can bring up like, not to take it to again, a financial place, but that can exist in the realm of this card. And it can be really intense to be like, how the fuck am I going to afford help and care in this area? And like, is it possible? And that's very real. You know, it is, it's very real. So it doesn't always have to be that, but those feelings also get to come with us. 
they get to come with us in a, in a deeper way. We get to explore our relationship a little bit to exchange and to asking for help and to, you know, what it feels like to open to the possibilities of support. So that's a huge piece that work is going to come up for us this month is like, wow, I'm, I have this opportunity to think about different ways that I may want more support and, and honoring sort of like all that that's bringing in and certainly making different choices is, is huge. Review and decision-making as well, like giving ourselves that time to review, to reflect, to acknowledge like where we've been, what it meant, what this cycle with these 10 wands means and what it means to venture and shift into this new cycle with our relationship to them changed. And, um, sort of the, the last piece that I feel called to talk about at least right now is honoring the end of cycles, bowing to the death of our relationship with these devotional aspects of our lives as we know them today, like bowing to like what drew us to these wands in the first place. How did we get there with them? And what did it teach us? What are we hoping for now that we're moving forward in a different direction? So that is really the tether, the anchor, the medicine for our month ahead. Those themes, those, those pieces, we may not individually all go through all of them, but there may be one that's more dominant. There may be, you know, a couple that are more specific. Maybe for you, this month is really about like, I want to lay these down. I don't want to carry them anymore. And for another person, it might be all about support. Like, I don't want to lay any of the wands down. I just need to change who's helping me, you know, carry them. Like, what's possible here? It may be that, you know, again, the way we're carrying the wands is really all that needs to shift. It might be we we pick those wands up once a week rather than every single day. And yeah, a lot of the stuff that comes up inside of that will probably, again, likely what we've been talking about today will likely be part of what may come up for you in your journey. And and that last piece that I was just speaking to, honoring the end of cycles, you know, how can we ritualize honor, like what a particular wand or responsibility or devotion has brought us and why was it important? Why was it here? So really kind of bowing to all of that is a huge part of not just working with Ten of Wands, working with this month, but also opening to this greater shift that's going to help us to clear what we're not meant to hold anymore and open us to where we're meant to go, which is certainly to a place of much greater sustainability, much more efficient systems, the potential for way more support, and the potential for way more creativity. So it's a very, very powerful month ahead. And again, we're going to be looking to, for the next couple of weeks in the month of September, we're going to be looking to other cards that can help to bring us deeper into the themes that we were talking about today. So we'll cover different anchors that will continue to deepen into the theme that we're speaking to now. So 
that is what I have for our card for the month ahead. I hope that it resonated and I hope that it helped and served and offered food for thought. And I'm actually going to shift into a listener question. And then at the end of the episode, after I answer the listener question, I'm going to spend just a moment or two talking about our new moon in Virgo that's coming up on uh, Monday, September 6th, which is again, also the day that our full at need scholarship applications open for heart of service. I hope everybody who is wanting and desiring to engage with that will mark their calendars. Okay. So this question is from Maddie and it's related to our theme. Y'all fucking nailed it with the questions that you asked. Holy shit. Please do keep asking questions related to the theme, related to your tarot practice. I I love it. I want them. Wow. So powerful. Okay. So again, going back, this question is from Maddie who asks, how do you identify cycles you are going through and when things need to be released or held onto until their conclusion? I have a lot of difficulty with identifying what a cycle is or quote should be and thus feel like I remain very stagnant in my growth because I can't name the things I'm going through unless they're very large, ending schooling, relationships, jobs, etc. A related issue is how to tell the difference between contentedness and stagnancy. What guidance does Soltero have for moving through these questions? What a great question, Maddie. I, first of all, just want to honor, I think what you're speaking to, it's certainly something I feel all the time (laughs) is like, should I be doing something here? Like, am I like, and it can be really challenging unless something is big and tangible right in front of us to sense into perhaps the more subtle themes of cycles ending and beginning, right? So here's what I'll say to this. The first thing that comes and pops into my mind is to lean on your tools and to engage with the tarot. I think that tarot reading and pulling around this issue specifically can be so illuminating and enlightening to be able to to just say, you know, what is my anchor card for today? You know, and if you're pulling cards that really speak to, if you're pulling like a ton of tens and eights and like a lot of cards in the world, and and there's like a lot of energy that is communicating itself to you, like, yes, you're in something very big. Then you can ask, is there anything I'm meant to do about it today? And if you're getting in response to that, something like Knight of Swords, maybe, and then you can kind of journal or sit or reflect and think, well, is there that phone call I need to make? Is there that letter that I need to write? Is there that thing that I've sort of like known I needed to do, but didn't really want to do and maybe thought I wasn't ready to do? Like, am I ready to do it? And kind of, you know, again, reflect on that. Not that we want to, you know, base all of our decisions on like what the cards say, but that's why I mentioned like, pull a card and then reflect for yourself. Like, does that track for me? Does that make sense? Does that feel more like an internal thing or an external thing, et cetera. But if you're getting really like cards again, that are about like maybe the hermit, like just hang in there and, you know, let it be, then it can be again, very, very helpful. In my 
personal, humble opinion. I feel like it's very easy for me to see when I'm meant to cut a cord and when I'm just in a process of something clearing out on its own. And for the most part, things do clear out on their own. You spoke to kind of contentedness versus stagnancy. Here's my take on that. And there are some people who might feel differently. So just know that, you know, hopefully it resonates, but if not, that's okay. Contentedness. Contentedness implies that we're capable of reaching a kind of satisfaction and joy with what is, right? But very often for a great many of us, that's very hard to capture. That's very hard to be with that sense of contentedness. I think contentedness is a little bit more of a spiralic experience rather than a static one. For some, it is static. They're just able to be grateful, content with what they've got. It's great. But very often it, it takes effort to be able to engage with that. Stagnancy is when every fucking sign is being thrown at you. When options are there, choices are there, and we're defying them, we're resisting them, we're saying, no, (laughs) like, I will not, I won't do it, or I'm so stuck in my story that I'm just not able to see. And again, that happens to everyone, it happens to me. It's very, very helpful to be able to have other people to lean on, to process with, and to not get so stuck in like, oh, I'm, you know, in this, I'm that. But to really objectively say, this is my feeling. I'm feeling really stagnant and stuck and like things should be moving for me and I don't get it. And if we are really open to the reflections of another, it could be that they don't really have anything valuable to say. It could also be that they have some ideas for us that we may have never considered before. So We don't have to be stuck in either one. Stagnancy, I think we know it when we feel it. That sense of like, something is missing here, to be sure. And contentedness is great. It doesn't always come around, even when (laughs) there's a lot to celebrate, I think. I think that what you're speaking to is, again, a very important question, which is that we don't always know. It's not an automatic thing. I often find with myself that sometimes a cycle, like a death cycle will start and I'll think, okay, I got to do all these things. And then one of the things that's like at the top of my list won't actually happen until like a year later. And I will get very, oh, I should be doing this. This is a good time to do it. But really the thing that wants to change or turnover just sort of happens on its own. So What I will say to you is you're not alone. It's again, very normal to sort of not be able to quite tell the difference between these two pieces and to lean on processors and tools and touch in with what am I moving through today? Is there anything I'm being asked to do about it today? And how can I be present? with where I am, no matter where I am on this wheel of change. Even if it is like, there are times when I have been in a cycle of change 
and I know it, like I know something is coming. I'm literally preparing for something to come. And I'm so over being where I am. I just want to get to where I'm going, but cycles clearing out take time. You know, very often when we, when we're ready to go into something else, we don't want to take the stuff that we were holding onto before into the new thing. And so we can get really concerned about like, should I be doing something? But in many cases, no, because we're, we're doing it just by letting it be. So long story short, it's okay to let cycles be. And I think there is a really big feeling. There's a huge difference between that's when spirit will start like really tapping our shoulder and getting our attention. There's a huge difference between like actively not doing something. I, I ha, I've always felt like if we're meant to take something in a certain direction or take a certain action with something like we know, you know, like we will, will definitely know. But really, I think when it comes to cycles, it's super powerful to just see what it feels like to be in the undoing, the process of them, like to let them cycle us out rather than trying to get on top of them and understand like where they're taking us or what's kind of going on. So hopefully, hopefully that's a valuable answer to your question, but it's, it's a good one. And one that likely we could probably talk about for, (laughs) for a while. But yeah, thank you so much for asking. And then lastly, I just wanted to say a few really quick words about the new moon in Virgo that's coming up on Monday the 6th. I don't have too much to say, but wanted to just speak to the fact that I personally love new moons, (laughs) especially new moons in Virgo. I feel like there's no greater energetic fresh start than when these two things sort of come together. And it actually fits really beautifully with our theme because new moons are, of course, as most of you know, these wonderful fresh starts, these cyclical fresh starts where sort of the ground, the garden of, you know, the field of our, of our soul or our life in some way has been sort of cleared, right? The soil has been aerated, like it's, it's ready to receive new seeds. It's ready to receive something new. And energetically, we're very primed to be able to set intentions or to have those intentions be set kind of within us. If we don't practice like a more direct approach to to working with that kind of magic, it can be really powerful to sit at our altar essentially and say, what would you have me know? Like what, what direction am I being guided to go into right now and tune in with our heart or with spirit in some way and open to that. But when we add Virgo to it, Virgo, of course, rules the hermit card. Virgo is devotion personified. When Virgo energy is sort of taken out of the crackle of Mercury and where it can very quickly (laughs) turn in on itself and get hyper-focused and critical and rolled up into itself. And I have a Virgo rising, so that's said with like all love. I love Virgo energy absolutely adore it, but it's not always able, that energy isn't always able to spread out and be all that it can be, which is highly sensual, highly devotional, and highly reverent. And really Virgo at its highest octave wants to know, like wants to be in a relationship with its own heart, with spirit, 
where it's asking the question, what would you have me know? What would you have me know? How might I be of service today at this moment? Virgo really walks around with their heart open and their hands out, not to be taken advantage of, but to be made of use to this world, right? They are huge vessels for that kind of devotional, deep work. Now, how that can be so powerful when applied to the full moon is that we can tune in with ourselves and check in about this piece related to the kinds of growth or the kinds of shifts that we're going to be embarking on this month. We can actually lean in and say, where am I being guided to at this time? What would you have me know? How might my gifts, my energy be of the highest use at this moment of my life, at this cycle of my life? Knowing that if we don't necessarily hear or receive everything we're wanting, it doesn't mean it's not coming. It might mean that that next thing is going to pave the way for the thing that we do want and desire. So applying this wonderful opportunity for these seeds to be planted. And rather than kind of us planting every seed in the garden that we want right now, we could open and really ask ourselves, how can I shift into deeper reverence, into deeper devotion? How can I deepen that part of myself in a fuller, more long-lasting way? So we're essentially sort of taking the essence of Virgo, which is that devotional, sensual reverence, and applying it to the new moon energy and really saying, like, how can I bring this into my life all the time? And that can facilitate a very powerful shift in a much more expanded direction. So however you choose to work with this new moon, if you choose to work with it, I'm wishing you a blessed experience with it and a beautiful week. I can't wait to connect with all of you again at our episode next week. Send me in your questions at the link in the show notes. And until we meet again, please take exquisite care of yourselves.